Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 620. Looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Let's read our passage. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul's imprisoned in Rome. We see him there at the end of the book of Acts, this two-year house arrest period. And he's writing letters to churches to encourage them and correct them. He's sending Tychicus to Colossae, and on his way, he's going to drop this letter off at Ephesus. Paul spent three years in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, and he wants to lift this church up to encourage them. So he's been talking to them about what it means that the Gentiles are now able to come to Christ. What a change this is. What a mystery this is. Nobody would have dreamed anything like this could ever happen. So he's talking about Christ's work amongst the Gentiles. And he started a prayer at the beginning of chapter 3 and then mentioned Gentiles. And it's like he had a thought, oh, let me talk about Gentiles and what Christ has done with the Gentiles. Then last time we saw where he actually started the prayer. And uh, this is the conclusion of the prayer, verses 20 and 21. This is what we would call a doxology. There's a lot of things that are called doxologies, and the word doxology comes from the Greek doxa, means glory. Ology means saying. So essentially, a doxology is a glory saying. And it's just something that's known. And there's a lot of things that can be doxology. In many churches, as soon as the offering is taken, is brought forward, everybody stands and sings, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And that's called the doxology. Well, it's a doxology. There's a lot of doxologies. Even the Lord's Prayer can be used as a doxology, a known glory saying that everybody says together and everybody knows it. And so there's a lot of doxologies. This is basically a doxology. It's now to him who's able to do above beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory of the church and the Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That would be something well-known that people can recite together. It's a doxology. But it means something. He says, now to him. Well, he's speaking about God. He's been talking about what God has done through Christ with the Gentiles. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. There's some ramifications of that. One is, it's impossible to ask God for too much. Some people like to put this in a pyramid, and it's a pretty neat little thing if you've ever done that, where you just add each word basically as you go through it. It says, he is able. He is able to do. He's able to do above and beyond. He's able to do above and beyond what we ask. He's able to do above and beyond what we ask or think. And each of those, it stands alone. Yes, he is able. And then you finally get to the point where he's able to do above and beyond what we ask or even think. And so it's just a, a, an interesting exercise to go through and think through all those aspects. The issue is not God. God is able. He's able to do anything way beyond anything we could ever even ask him to do. Way beyond anything we could ever even think to ask him to do. 
or even think of him doing. He is so infinite, so able. And so if there's problems we're seeing, then the issue is not that God isn't able to do it. It could be God doesn't desire to do it. Or it could be that God's not ready to do it because of us. That's a question logically come up. Well, if he's able, why don't we see it? Well, look back at the beginning of the prayer that he began back in verse 14. And just look at the different aspects of the things he was praying for in the lives of the people in Ephesus. He was praying that the Holy Spirit would empower them in verse 16. In verse 17, he was praying that Christ would dwell within them, within their hearts. 17 and 18, he was praying that love would master them. Then in 19, he was praying that God would fill them with his own fullness. And each of those is an incredibly important aspect to think about. And so those things he was praying for, then he throws on this doxology, almost as to say, if you're not dealing with the stuff in the early part of the prayer, then this is what's going to come after that. And it's not a recipe. That's where you've got to be careful. We don't start taking things in the Bible and try and turn them into a recipe. Well, if I just do this, then God will do that. No, that's not the way it works. But if we're not seeing God at work in our lives, and so often we don't, there's a variety of reasons. One is we're just not paying attention because God is doing things in our lives. And sometimes we just need to talk with Christian friends about that. But so often I miss it. And my wife will point out to me that that was a God moment in our life. Oh, yeah, it was. Where I, I'm sometimes kind of obtuse there and, and miss these things that are obviously God at work. And so it helps to be talking about life with fellow believers and train ourselves to see God at work in our lives. See God at work in other people's lives. And back to those things in the beginning part of the prayer. Holy Spirit empowered us. Well, how do we make that happen? Well, we don't make it happen. But are we cooperating? A lot of it comes down to our attitude. Christ dwelling within us. Of course, he's dwelling within us if we're believers that have been justified by faith. But the issue is, are we cooperating? Are we open to that? And has love mastered us? That's an attitude thing. And by love, love for God and love for one another. And it's what God filling us back to our attitude. So what do we do with all this? Yeah, don't want to turn this into a recipe. Do this and you get that. But back to love. Has love mastered us? Do we love the Lord? Are we praying? If we really love the Lord, we'd be talking with the Lord. And probably a whole lot more than we are right now. Generally, we go to God when we want something. We talk to God just because we love the Lord and talk with him about all kinds of things. About what we want, yeah, but about what he wants, about just life in general. So if we love the Lord, we'll be talking with the Lord a whole lot more than we do. Worship, private worship, and public worship. Do I gather with God's people for the purpose of worshiping the Lord because I love the Lord and I love to worship the Lord with God's people? which goes along with, do I love God's people? Am I caring for God's people? Am I helping God's people? Am I worshiping with God's people? And do I love his word? God's word is what he gave to us, for us. 
Now, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you do love the Word of God and you desire to know it better. Now, there's two aspects to, to God's Word here. One is to know it better for knowledge. The other is to experience transformation. Remember in Romans chapter 12, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. So hopefully that's an aspect. So when you're encountering God's word, are you not just looking to know more, but are you looking to be changed? And that's the work of the Holy Spirit with the word of God working in our lives. Sometimes we don't see God working in our lives because we're just missing it. Too busy with life and we need to pause and pay attention. Are we talking with God the way we should? Are we lo loving God the way we should? Are we loving God's people the way we should? Do we love the, God's word the way we should? So don't turn into a recipe, but those are serious things to look at. You're not seeing God work in your life. Back to verse 20. So he's able to do and above be all we ask according to the power that works in us. Well, that's the power of God that works in us that we probably may see via the Holy Spirit. He sums it up in verse 21. To him, that is God, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. That's just a prayer, praying for the glory of God. It's a great example of prayer. Paul's not asking for anything in this aspect of prayer. He's just praising God for who he is. He is able, way beyond anything we could ask or think. And to him, all glory is given. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.